Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Deep True Crime. I'm Manny Rodriguez. In today's episode, I want to share with you the tragic death of Lorenzen Wright, former NBA player killed young. And I want to dive into that. I want to share with you some chilling details in that murder. And I'm going to share with you who did it, why it allegedly was done, and who is Lorenzo Wright? Let's start there. Who is Lorenzen Wright? It's been over a decade now since Lorenzen Wright was murdered, but his death left a lot of questions. Everyone who had been connected to the murder is finally facing justice. Lorenzen Wright was a 34-year-old basketball player in the National Basketball Association who played for a total of 13 seasons after being drafted 7th overall in the 1996 draft. He was a power forward who played for the Los Angeles Clippers, Atlanta Hawks, Memphis Grizzlies, Sacramento Kings, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. He went missing on the night of July 18, 2010, after leaving his ex-wife's home in Tennessee. When he went missing, the Memphis Grizzlies, a former team of his, they put up $5,000 for any information on his whereabouts, as did the city of Memphis. The state of Tennessee put up $10,000 and Crime Stoppers put up $1 thousand dollars since he was a well-known figure in the memphis community this case turned high profile very quickly 10 days after he went missing his body was found decomposing in a secluded field area near a local golf course he had tried to call 911 in the early morning hours of july 19 2010 Dispatcher was unable to locate his location but reported gunshots going off in the background. A seven-year investigation followed before three suspects were eventually taken into custody. Shara Wright Robinson, his ex-wife, her landscaper Billy Ray Turner, and her cousin Jimmy Martin. They were all eventually taken into custody after this seven-year investigation followed. Jimmy Martin, he testified that his cousin, Shara Wright Robinson, recruited him and Billy Ray Turner to kill Lorenzen Wright. The two allegedly went to his Atlanta apartment with guns, broke into the apartment, but didn't find Wright there, so they left. Then, Shara Wright Robinson patched another plan with Billy Ray Turner in which Lorenzen would meet an alleged drug dealer and then he would be attacked. According to Martin, Shara told him that she and Turner ambushed and chased 
Lorenzen Wright after she lured him to the field. Wright had jumped the fence and tried to run away before they shot him. Shara claimed at first that Lorenzen was killed in a drug deal gone wrong until July 2019 when she pleaded guilty to a charge of facilitation of first-degree murder and was sentenced to 30 years behind bars. Martin was also being tried for the alleged murder of his girlfriend, and so he would receive immunity in the right case. As for Billy Ray Turner, on March 21st, 2022, a 12-person jury deliberated for about two hours before it found Billy Ray Turner guilty of first-degree murder, attempted murder, and conspiracy in Wright's death. He was sentenced to life in prison. According to Wright's mother, she believes that his ex-wife killed him for his $1 million life insurance policy, which was in place to take care of his six children if anything ever happened to him. Shara quickly went through that life insurance policy following his death. He has six children. Now, there has never been an official ruling as to the motive around this. And so we're not too sure, was it money motivated? Was there more behind it? From the sound of it, I mean, surety went through a million dollars that fast. Could it be money motivated? Unless she speaks, you can only go off of what information we know, right? I wanna share with you some that I did throw in the story, but what are some of the chilling details surrounding this story? So now the ex-wife is in prison for her role in the basketball player's murder in a case that truly shocked a lot of people. And so his body was discovered in a field riddled with bullets. And we do know that Shara Wright did plead guilty to a charge of facilitation of first-degree murder and was sentenced to 30 years behind bars, but with the possibility of parole. She's already tried to get parole once. She has since been denied. Some of her children are fighting for her to be released, but Lorenzen's mom wants her to stay in prison. Personally, this is a tragic, tragic death. Not only did she take the father of her children, she killed a man. She is the reason he is dead. How does anyone get a second chance at life when you're the reason someone dies on purpose? It's not an accidental death. And so she did plead guilty in his death in 2019, and she was sentenced to 30 years in prison after his decomposed body was found in a field in 2010. And when this murder case came about, this was one of the most highly publicized murder cases in Memphis history. First, you had his disappearance on the night of July 18, 2010. And police said that he had just left the Tennessee home of his ex-wife, Shara, with the two having been divorced for five months at this time. He leaves Shara's home. And when he disappears, the Memphis Grizzlies that he played for, the city of Memphis, they offered a $5,000 reward for any information on his whereabouts following this disappearance. And the state of Tennessee was willing to pay up to $10,000 and Crime Stoppers put up $1,000. They were trying to find 
some answers when he disappeared. Ten days after he disappeared, his body was found decomposing in a desolate field area near a golf course. He was found with 11 gunshots to the head, torso, and right forearm, and a seven-year investigation would follow. Three suspects were eventually taken into custody in connection to what happened to Lorenzen, including Shara's cousin, Jimmy Martin. Lorenzen's ex-wife, Shara, her landscaper, Billy Ray Turner, and her cousin, Jimmy Martin, were all hauled in by police for questioning. Martin testified in court that Shara recruited him and Turner to kill Lorenzen. Now, prosecutors said that Martin and Turner had previously gone to Lorenzen's Atlanta apartment with guns. They break into his apartment only to find someone sleeping on the couch with Lorenzen not home. They left and Shara then hatched another plan. And this is why I believe she should never be out of jail. She is a menace to society. Let's be real. Oh, you didn't get him this time? Let's go ahead and rehatch a new plan because we need to kill this guy. Again, must have been motive for the $1 million life insurance policy because what else really makes sense? I don't know. They were already divorced for five months. So she was out of that marriage if he was abusive, if he was bad to her, but they don't get it the first time. She hatches another plan. To me, that's disturbing. According to prosecutors in Turner's trial, they say that Turner and Shara had a romantic relationship. Turner was a landscaper in Atlanta and had met Shara through the church they both attended. She could easily manipulate Turner, according to the prosecutor. Now, Shara allegedly told her cousin that she conspired a plan with Turner to have Lorenzen meet her at the field where he would be attacked. Martin further explained in court testimony that Shara told him that she and Turner ambushed Lorenzen after luring him there. They chase Lorenzen, who jumps over a fence to try to escape before they shot him. And during Martin's testimony at the trial, he told the jury that Turner had disposed of the gun in a North Mississippi lake. He, and he had told detectives where to locate the gun in 2012. And so the FBI divers would later find the gun only 50 miles from where Lorenzen's body was discovered and Turner was arrested in 2017, shortly after the murder weapon was found. Though a motive wasn't ever made clear in court, Lorenzen's mother, Deborah, Marion, she claims that Shara killed him to access his million dollar life insurance policy. This policy, as I mentioned earlier, was in place to care for the ex-couple's six living children if something were to happen to him. So she knew about this life insurance policy that was in place for her six children. And as I mentioned earlier, Two of Wright's children gave statements 
to the Tennessee Board of Parole to advocate for Shara's early release in May 2022, while Marion, the mom, spoke out against her release. And you can see in this picture, that's the mom behind Shara. Shara claimed she had been behaving well in prison and should be released early in a request that was denied. See, she is serving her sentence at a rehab center and she is required to stay for 30% of it before any talks of release. Now, she will appear before the parole board again in May of 2027. You will see this case highlighted on 2020 on ABC. So look for that in the near future. Rest in peace, Lorenzen Wright. Taken way too soon in this world. He died at the very young age of 34 years old. Lorenzen Wright, he was raised in Oxford, Mississippi, and he played for Lafayette High School in Mississippi before moving to Memphis, where he spent his senior year playing for Booker T. Washington High School. And he played all levels of basketball in Memphis, high school, collegiate, and professional. His father, Herb, was a professional basketball player who competed in Finland and once had a tryout with the Utah Jazz. Now, when Wright was seven years old, Herb was working for the Memphis Police Department when he was paralyzed by a gunshot to the back. Lorenzen Wright, he was selected seventh overall by the Los Angeles Clippers in the 1996 NBA draft out of the University of Memphis. And on April 26th of 1997, as a rookie, he scored what would be a postseason career high 17 points in a game two loss against the Utah Jazz. And something else that he did that was special, he founded the Sierra Simone Wright Scholarship Fund after the death of his infant daughter in March of 2003. And during the summer of 2003, he returned to the University of Memphis to finish his degree. During his first stint in Atlanta with the Atlanta Hawks, him and three other Memphis native NBA players Todd Day, Penny Hardaway, and Elliot Perry. They all got together to provide financial assistance to Travis Butler, a Memphis orphan whose tragic story garnered national attention. It's a very sad story. I'm going to share this a little bit because this tells you what kind of person that was taken from this world way too soon. You see, this young boy did something that really no one should ever be in this position. As a young boy, he made a decision in fourth grade to keep a secret about his mother, a secret that would change his life forever. He would later say, I'm a living, breathing testimony. If she was looking down on earth right now, she would be proud of me, you know, because I've been through some things. You see, he was nine years old when his mother was diagnosed with cancer. Crystal Wells had been ill for a while. And he says he remembers, I heard a loud thud, a loud boom, and I rushed and saw my mom. At first, she was okay, 
and then she fell again. I guess she had a seizure. I wasn't too sure at the time because I was afraid. You see, his mother was dead. But rather than tell anyone, he kept her death a secret. He says, my mind went blank. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to call. The memory still brings him heartache. We're talking about over 20 years later that he still relives this moment. And he said he had a fear of leaving his mother, leaving his apartment, or people taking him away. Strangers. This was a fear of his. So he did the unimaginable. For 33 days, he lived in their East Memphis apartment with his mother's body lying on the living room floor covered only with a coat. And he says, at that time I figured, Travis, you can do it for yourself. Travis, you can take care of yourself. You learn from your mom by watching and observation. And he convinced others that everything was normal. And so here he was staying at this East Memphis apartment where Travis Butler and his mother Crystal Wells lived. And he said, I did what I had to do as a normal kid at that time. Go to school, do your homework. At that time, teachers sent certain documents home. I signed them as if my mom was still living. He even paid bills and went grocery shopping. I cooked food for myself. I tried to groom for myself the little that I do know. Butler spent most evenings at a neighbor's apartment playing with the neighborhood kids. But one day, Nathaniel Jeffries, a family friend from church, stopped by. He knew something was up, as Butler would later say. I don't know if he could see it on my face, you know, after 30 days, the body the decomposed body started to smell. I tried my best to mask the smell with different scents or burn candles. Just as Jeffries was about to leave, Butler found the courage to tell him what he hadn't shared with anyone else. And as Butler was share, he was in disbelief of what happened. He called and let people know the authorities and that's how this all came about. And unfortunately, that little kid's nightmare at that time, it wasn't over. Butler had to spend the night in state custody until his grandmother arrived the next day from Carthage, Mississippi. And he says, I lost my childhood at a very young age, so I never really developed a true childhood. For me, you have numerous cameras in your face. You can't really experience life because people look at you as a charity case. Some people look at you as a trophy to win some type of money or whatever. This story would capture the heart of celebrities, including Lorenzen Wright, Penny Hardaway, Todd Day, and Wright was one of hundreds who donated to Butler's trust fund. Butler says that memories of his mother gave him the motivation to go to the University of Memphis and graduate in 2016 with a sociology degree. That's a great story on its own. And when you stop and you think about it, that is what makes this sad as well. Lorenzen Wright had a heart of gold. These are the type of things that he did. He didn't stand by looking at people needing help. He did something. He had the financial means and he did 
something. And this coward of an ex-wife decided to take his life. Who could do such a thing? As we know, these type of tragic stories happen way too often. My friends, I'm Manny Rodriguez. Thank you for joining me again today. And please, my friends, thank you for joining me today. If you got some value from this, and these are the stories you like to follow, make sure you hit on that subscribe button. Hit that like if you got some value out of this video because that lets YouTube know there's value here. Let's show it to more people. My goal is to let you know this is the type of stuff that goes out there in this world that we need to be aware of. You see, Lorenzen Wright married this Shara who would later take his life. Were there red flags early on? Most likely, probably. Did he know that it could lead to death? Probably not. But my gosh, to be able to recruit two people to do such a tragic thing, I just don't think that she should see the light of day again. What do you think? Do you think she should get another chance at life? Let me know in the comments. I believe people deserve a second chance. But when you orchestrate a plan to kill someone, it doesn't work out the first time and you say, well, let's rehatch another plan and let's make it look like a drug dealer killed him. That's sick. And over money, allegedly. I don't know. What do you think? Let me know in the comments. My friends, I'm Manny Rodriguez. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you have an amazing, amazing day. Peace. Have a great one, my friends.